Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Sweet, sweet. Good morning, Zach. How are you, my man? Morning. I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm excited for today's topic. It's a it's an extremely loaded topic, so I'm going to do my best to keep it P- PG, but I will be brutally honest because it's uh, I think it's, just, it's it's kind of turned into this big pink elephant in the middle of the room that people aren't talking about when it comes to new agents. So um, I'm just going to dive in. And if you have any questions, let me know. All right. Sounds good. We got people on Facebook watching, too. So if we get any questions, I'll send them along. All right. All right. So today I'm going to uh, just dive into some must some must do's that I recommend for, you know, all new agents. Uh, first of all, there's different type of new agents. There's agents who aren't aren't new to they're new to real estate, but they're not new to being a professional. And then there are some agents who are just coming, for the lack of a word, just off the streets, just past their real estate license. And for whatever reason, they want to get in. So what I'm going to speak to today is more not necessarily necessarily the specifics of what a new agent must do in this rifle down a list. I, I do have 10 things that I will highlight that I feel is very important. Now, just to give you a little bit of background for me, I am actually I have a construction background. So I have an intimate relationship of what it means to have pride for my trade. A lot of people don't realize that real estate is a trade. I was a building trade sheet metal worker. And for people who don't know what that is, uh, I know how to go in a building, measure, design, build and install air systems for high rises and medical labs and stuff like that. So there's a lot of thinking involved in that process. But I remember like being in that trade, I learned that, you know, early is on time and on time is late and late is unacceptable. You know, just some basic fundamental things that gave me a backbone and also helped me, you know, develop a sense of pride in my work. Did you actually learn that that early on in your career? Yes, sir. And I think it's funny, by the way, that I showed up two minutes late to this call, right as you said, right? Yeah. <laughs> One time is late. No, I, I, the honest and I had actually talked about it beforehand. Yeah. I knew I was coming late. I had that yeah. some issues with it, with kids more, but I just, I just want to jump in and say, Theodis, because I'm going to let you keep rolling on this because mm. I love where you're going. But I never realized how much you learned early in your career from other things that translated over. A lot of things we've talked about over the years, I didn't realize that you'd pick them up that long ago. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I in in high school, I got all the way up to pre-calculus, but I didn't really understand algebra trig until I got into the trades. You know, true lines, just how to just, you know, you, you really start looking at the world at the world through a matrix, you know, point of view. You're like seeing all this stuff. And, then, and so, so when you say a trade for those people who are still they understand what that a trade is. But how does that connect to real estate? Like how is real estate? Because I always think about real estate being like a client driven business. When you think about real estate as a trade, that's a framework you see the world. How do you see real estate as a trade? Well, if you think about it, I mean, when we were in a trade, some of our clients were Genentech, you know, the ballpark, Mission Bay. They were like, you know, corporations. Well, in real estate, 
our clients are the consumer, right? And when we used to have to build things, we had jobs that were exposed. So what that means is when I build something, whoever who comes into the building, they're going to be able to see it. So it has to be as close to perfect as possible. Now, it's one thing if you build something and you can sheetrock it and they can't see how you ding that or you kind of, you know, put it in there a little, you know, a little crooked. Well, let's think about if we did our business and we were exposed on our transaction, meaning that everyone had access to our conversations, to our texts, to our emails, and was, you know, we just basically they got to see how we did our business. Well, what would that look like? All right, let's pause right there because I love that. Okay. I've only got one person that got well, Zach, our producers here, but we got Augie on camera. Those of you watching yeah. on Facebook, I want you to type in the chat box. I want you to comment. If your clients could read every text message that you send and every email that you send and overhear every internal conversation that you would send, would you be proud of what they see or would you cringe? That's a good right. question, the artist. Right. And what I'm seeing, you know, after, you know, being on a leadership team at a previous company, we had at the time, I believe, 1500 agents and my group was about 120 agents. We got to I got to notice some consistencies that was happening, especially with newer agents and just basically coming into the trade, into the industry with unrealistic expectations. Now. I'm not a doctor, but I understand a lot of people spend a lot of money to go to med school. And even when you get out, you don't immediately get to get the high paying neurosurgeon job. Like, like where else can you fall out of bed, pass a real estate license and, and, and pass the test and be able to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? But we all know that's not the reality. So I'm before I go, I got 10 things I want to cover, but I will say, and I'm look, look everyone in the camera. If you are lazy, just don't, don't come to the party. Like you're not invited. Like, no, I'm just going to take you off the guest list. You know what I mean? Like don't come to the party. So, so uh, uh, can I, can I push back just slightly? Cause I'm okay with lazy. You're going to, you're going to think I'm nuts. Ready for this? The audience. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. I'm okay with lazy. Just not entitled. If you're lazy and your goals are lower, right? Because then it ain't lazy. You're in line with your goals for whatever your life is. You want to close two deals a year? Cool. I'm okay with that. But the problem is when, you, when you're when you lazy, but you have a sense of entitlement that you should be closing a lot of deals without doing the work. Can, can, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, some people have different goals. So I definitely don't say you have to come in and be an overachiever. That's not what I'm saying. Like, even if that person is lazy with that two deal goal, that's what I'm speaking to. And that's going to, that's going to, you got to recalibrate it to, you know, whoever you are, it's, it's, you know, my, one of my sayings that I like to say is if it doesn't apply, let it fly. But Ooh. when I, when I say lazy, I'm like, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, and they do. And you know I, I, mean? I like that one. I like that. The honest, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Cause I get text messages from people on a semi-regular basis who are like, look, you said this thing. I just want to let you know why it's wrong. I'm like, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. I got an Dude, answer for you now. Like we can go and, you know, play Kung Fu with that all day long and get nowhere. So I'm just like, you know, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Um, so, yeah. So it's like and then it's like I was reading some stuff on NAR and then like 
you know, they, I guess the, the 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 number out there is there's an 87% failure rate in the first five five years. I, I think that's actually off, you know. Um, and then it's like, you know, there's there's all this stuff about what a new agent should do. So number one, this is number one for me. It is extremely important to have a compelling why. Now, the why doesn't have to be all, you know, romantic or it doesn't have to sound good. It doesn't have to be catchy. You, you know, you don't have to have everybody like, you know what? That's a good why. Yeah, that's that's going to work. It, it doesn't matter. Just have one. Like for me, I was in the trades. I was making great money as a 29 year old, actually more money than some of my friends who I dropped out of college. But I was making more money than some of my friends who graduated from college and was staying on their parents' couch, paying off the, the, the college loans. You know what I mean? So I was in a place where I was like, OK, I'm doing this. But I was never home because I was always gone. 3.30 in the morning, wake up two hour, one way to the commute, you know, one way, two hours, one way for the commute. So daddy felt like a paycheck. My compelling why was I wanted to be more present in my kids' lives. Now I was an animal when I was a teenager and I had a daughter. So I'm like, you know what? I got to make sure that I prep her for what's out there. I don't want to send her out to the wolves, the wolves, you know what I mean? So for me, Doing real estate gave me an opportunity to not have to go to the foreman's office and ask if I could take off and chaperone my daughter's field trip. You know what I mean? So that for me, that was compelling. And the reason why it needs to be compelling is like without the compelling why, that compelling why is like it's motivation. And then sometimes when, it, when, when it's dark, it's our security blanket. It keeps us warm <laughs> when we're cold and things aren't going as planned as a new agent, right? And so I, I highly recommend to find out what that why is. You don't even have to tell anybody. Just internally know what that is because that's going to be your best friend, even when it's going great. Sometimes it goes great. We get distracted. We end up doing some other stuff. That why will, will ground us. So is that number two? Number one. That's still number one? Yeah, no, that's number one. The first one is like, I just have to all say, right. don't be lazy. Because right, so, so, I'm going <laughs> to try not to interrupt. We're going to make it through all 10 the next yeah. 20 minutes. I'm, because I, I did, but I want to, I, I don't want to play devil's advocate because usually Piotas and I agree on so much and I love the why, but do we, do we have time? To, can we turn this into like two parts so we don't make it through all 10? Can we slow it down? Or do you want to get through all 10, Piotas? You tell me your vision before I jump in here. You know, let's just go. Because I think right, this, cool. is, this is important. Okay. Cause I yep. want to talk about the why I am 42 years old. Okay. My age does not matter. My point is I joined real estate 18 years ago. And I would say through the vast majority of my career, cause I got a six year old now. So that would mean about for the first over 10 years of my career, I had zero answer as to what my why was like literally could not tell you what my why was. I made a lot of money. I created a lot of success. I had some good years and bad years and maybe having a strong why would have helped. But like, if we're talking to brand new agents, there might be people out there that cannot figure out their why. And I couldn't either. I frustrated every coach I ever had. So I can give some something on the flip side, but maybe it's on your list. What do you, what do you say to people who just like me? Like I could, I never knew what my why was. I just did stuff. So let me ask you this. When you, what were you doing before real estate? 
uh, right before real estate, I worked at MTV. I did marketing for them. Right. So, so you just said one day you woke up and was like, I'm just going to do real estate. Yeah. Have I never told you that story? No, but I'm saying, so you're one of those people, right? You're, you're, you're probably not in that 87% that fails in the first five years. No, if I didn't you, fail in the first five years. Yeah. So, I mean, where, you know, and I, and when I'm, who I'm speaking to, I'm not speaking to people like who can just, you know, I said I had a compelling why, but I also have grit. I also have determination. I also have a will just to like, no matter what, you know, I'm going to look it in the face and punch it back if it knocks me on the ground. You know, but we're talking to that that real estate agent that let's just say they don't have that trait to go in a direction without a why, right? But, let's pause, but that's what I want to pause because you just said it better than I ever could have said it. Mm-hmm. If you're a new agent watching this recording or listening to us live right now, right? If you don't have a strong why, you better have one of those other things that he just said. Even if it's not, even if you have no grit and no determination, no anything else, you better figure out on a step-by-step level, some micro commitments of what to do on a day-to-day basis to get your butt moving in the right direction if you can't figure out your why. But what you just said, Theodis, it's one or the other, right? Either get a strong why or you got some grit and you're just going to move forward. I mean, I'm clearly I'm falling the second category because I never had a clue what made me get out of bed. I just got out of bed and did it. Right. But, you know, it's like we don't come we don't get there by ourselves because the next thing is to, you know, number three, this is number three to uh, be coachable and resourceful, be resourceful and and coachable and find. So it's really number three is find a mentor, Mm -hmm. find a mentor, because the mentor, the mentor is not always the coach. A lot of people get that totally confused. The mentor is not always the coach. The coach can help with the how. These boxes are checked. The mentor can help with all the other stuff, all the intangibles, like, hey, you know, with the poise, with the, you know, the stuff that helps you put the how together. And my next step, my my another one is, you know, that what goes goes together with that is, see, Jesse, you went to the how part. Right. Our industry sells new, especially new agents. Our industry sells the how. This is what you need to do. You need to find a sphere of influence. You need to, you know, uh, get all the people that you know. You need to put them in the CRM. That's the how. But there's no inner, hardly nothing on the who we need to be. There's absolutely nothing. I don't care what you can say. The honest, this is a business plan. If you follow that, you're going to be a millionaire in a year. But if I'm not the right person, if I'm not in the right state, then how in the hell am I going to be able to implement that plan? Fully, fully agree, man. I've been saying for the last few, few weeks, I feel like on almost every call I'm on, it doesn't matter what you say. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, how you feel is more important than what you do, or how you feel is more important than what you say. I keep saying right. that over and over, and that's mm-hmm. the how you feel is who you're being, mm-hmm. right? And so when you say a mentor, let's so let's talk about those two together because I love that we actually have a website launching in a couple of weeks, uh, the new Agent Collective website, and uh, it's going to be featured heavily on there is talking about mentorship, not coaching. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with coaching. I love coaches. I got a lot of friends who are coaching that sell coaching and, and it's, and they, their students get a fantastic return on investment. Like you got to go get a coach to me in real estate, by the way, coaching is typically a paid relationship, either paid directly to your coach. Maybe it's paid through your brokerage splits, but generally it's a paid relationship. And a mentor is typically someone that there's not that direct time for money relationship. Would you agree right. with that? 
Absolutely. And the mentor definitely is there to help with the accountability and the, well, not just the accountability, but the who we need to be. You know what I mean? The who. Yes. I love, I love that because it could be accountability, but maybe not. Some people don't, yeah. some people hold themselves accountable. Some mm-hmm. people need accountability and mm-hmm. and the mentor and the coach can be one and the same, but I oftentimes they are not, which is what I love. And what I find out is what, you know, as a new agent, if I do, and I am resourceful and find a mentor or a coach, I still have to bring something to the table. I can't just open up my lid and say, pour into me so I can be this, this fantastic agent. You know what I mean? So it's Have really you not watched a- the movie, The Matrix? It's like, <laughs> just like the, 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 the scene where he jacks in and he's like, I know Kung Fu. Right, right. right. Like, Bren, Bren when, you're, when you're editing this episode, please include the clip about I know Kung Fu right in the middle of here. I know Kung Fu. Right? It's, I just sent that clip to someone. Like he said, I, he just joined our brokers. He joined us at EXP and he said, I want to learn everything I need to learn as quick as possible. I said, I got, I got you. And I sent him a clip to, I said, have you seen the matrix? He's like, what do you mean? I said, watch, go watch this clip. And he's like, okay, I get it. Like we we can try to pour into you, but you can't really do that. You can't peel your head back. We can't do that. And that's where the ego, please, as a new agent, new older agents too, the ego has to be put on the timeout. The ego can't come to the party. I'm sorry. There's no room for it. You have all this stuff you need to learn in the industry. That's like, it's flying off before. I mean, it's flying before it even hits, you know, it's just like taking off. Right. Can I share a funny story without yeah. any names? I want to make this gentleman feel badly, but I was on a call with a newer agent, not going to give any you know, identifying factors, but a newer agent who was looking at our company uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, he said, I've been with my current company for a year now. It's, I think it was with Keller Williams. I don't remember which company he's with. I with Keller, he's a brand new agent, been with them for about a year. And he said, you know what? I'm pretty good. Like I've learned everything I need to learn in real estate now. So I'm just ready to go like to take it. I, I literally, I see Zach shaking his head. I really, like, he said in all seriousness, like, I'm good. I've learned everything I need to learn. Like I'm ready for something new now. I'm like, not, I mean, I clarified. I said, do you mean like you're ready for a new company? He's like, no, no, I'm ready for like another, another challenge in addition to real estate. I've learned everything I need to learn in, in my first year. I'm good now. I mastered real estate. Cool. Good luck with that. Right. And I used to say in the trades, when you go into a, a journeyman, it's like, I used to call it, it's like the I know syndrome or bad case. I know, I know, I know. When we're saying I know, people aren't going to want to share anything with you. You know, so even if you do know, shut your trap, take it in. Because there's something else behind that thing you think you know that they're willing to give you. But if you shut them down by just being the know-it-all, you're, you're not going to get it. So, And that's the ego. Mm-hmm. It, it is. I never made that connection. But the reason why people say, I know, it's because they're trying to prove, actually, it's probably worse than the ego. It's probably a more a sense <laughs> of self. No, it's, pro- it's probably a sense of self-doubt. And they're really trying to make themselves feel better that they really do know when they know they don't. So the more you can position yourself, I know this, I know this, it's, it's probably the less they feel confident mm-hmm. in themselves. Mm-hmm. All right, I know we're through three. What's number two? Did I miss number? No, three? no, we're like five now, Jess. We're we're moving along. We're like right. number five. Right, uh, happen for me in linear order. Then uh, number five is uh, basically you know be specific in in our goals and our vision. You know, if you have some goals, be have at least one that's specific. Because you ever tried to like, well, I need reading glasses now, and I remember when I was in denial. I'm trying to read, and it's fuzzy. And I still can't see. And I'm like, I even did one of these, like Abbott and Costello. This like, man, why, 
what's going on? You know what I mean? Then I put the glasses on and was like, oh, I can see. Same thing when I have a definite, like, <laughs> when I'm clear about what my goal is. Until I make some specific goals, everything's fuzzy. And I'm like, you know, I'm just going, like, oh, yeah, I want to, like, make more money, I think. But, you know, but when I say I want to make more, you know, whatever it is, buy a time and then I blast it out there. Then I, I, you know, I'm resourceful and getting people to help support me in that. It's like, boom, super. It's so much easier. Dude, we could do an entire episode <laughs> on specific goals, but I know for the sake of time, but I'm just going to say specific and trackable and mm -hmm. measurable. Those are the mm -hmm. three qualities you need in a goal, specific, trackable, and measurable. And I mean, I run a daily accountability call. I run, I run two of them, two of them every day, actually. The audience is on most of them. They're 15 minute accountability check-ins. And we literally have super experienced rockstar agents on that call that still on a regular basis need help refining their goals. Mm -hmm. You set daily goals and weekly goals, monthly goals, quarterly, all sorts of goals. But like, I think most people could use when you, when you set your goal, not only to have one, bounce it off someone else who can be a mentor or a coach for you even just a friend and say, is this trackable, specific, and measurable? Like, let's say, Theodis, you just said you want to make some money. Cool. Let, let's, let's give people an example of how we could make that specific, trackable, and measurable. What sort of money you want to make? All right. Uh, look, I want to make $15,000 a month. There we go. He put a time frame on 15 amount of money in a certain amount of time, 15,000 a month. Does that makes sense? By the way, I don't know if you can see it, but my kid put a, a yeah. treasure box on my wrist. I was like, what's showing up on my, my virtual background? I got I forgot I had a treasure box, speaking of money, a treasure box tattoo on my wrist. So but just that one difference. So when you talk about your vision, you go from saying, I want to make some money to I want to make 15,000 a month. What's that do for you, Theodis, in terms of who you're being in that moment? Well, it lets me know that now I have some boundaries. So when I wake up in the, when I wake up in the morning, I'm like thinking, okay, how am I going to get there? So now I'm now it's making my brain go to what are the steps to help me get to that goal. But without that there, I, I, one morning I'll wake up, do this. And one morning I do that. And, you know, it's like there's no consistency. Yeah. And, and we're coming up towards the end of the year. It's right. It's right, November right now. So maybe we'll we'll do a goal setting episode on a Monday. Mm -hmm. We'll spend mm -hmm. an entire time talking about business planning and goals because I'm pretty passionate and opinionated on that. I'm pretty sure you are, too. But let's mm -hmm. let's get through the rest of your numbers for the morning. I know we got a few more good ones. OK, I don't want to spend too much time on here. I'm just going to put it out there. There is this uh, SOS syn syndrome, which I call shiny object syndrome for not just new agents, but new agents, too. Like everybody and their mama is going to try to sell you something to take your business to the next level, right? So if you're busy, like, ooh, that's cool. Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. If you're running around doing that, you're, 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 you're doing a donut. You're spinning around a circle. So I think it's more important to master one to three tools or strategies than to be average or suck at 10 or more. Would you agree with that, Jesse? One hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> percent. So I'm literally thinking here, you want to go down some rabbit holes, just watch any agent of agent power huddle. Every single yeah. one we talk about something new. And I'm like, and I know why we do that, because you got to keep yourself engaged. You got to keep mm -hmm. yourself interested. And most human beings are not wired for the high level of repetition that you and I are wired for. That's right. true. We're not. But like, if you could just do one thing and master it, you would crush it. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one, new agent. Here's another syndrome. 
I call it the bird nest syndrome. Now, if you're a new agent, a lot of agents are so in a hurry to make some money. So they'll go to the brokerage or the, the broker or the brokerage where they get fed leads. So they're literally in the nest. Instead of cheap, cheap, they're going leads, 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 right? And the, and the broker comes whoo, and drops leads in, 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 into the, the agent's mouth. But guess what? What happens when the broker decides to cut off the leads? The agent never learns how to hunt. You're so used to being fed leads that you don't know how to get your own. You don't know how to get your own. So if I understand getting some leads to, you know, stimulate the business and close a deal or two, but you also need to be doing the foundational stuff in the background. That's going to help you. So, so I'm going to say on this one, you are again, a thousand percent correct. It depends on what your goals are as an agent, because we have some agents watching this who are team agents and they're thrilled to be on a team. And it's a good fit for them in terms of their goals and their lifestyle. Like I've, I've run a team for years. I've run a team as small as four, as big as 21. Cause you just said broker, but it also could be a team. And I look at the leads that the team gives out. You, you gave it really a nice name, which was of the, uh, as a bird's nest. I've never heard that. I talk about the drug <laughs> pusher example, right? I'm going to get you hooked. I'm going to get you hooked on cheap, easy leads. You're going to be mm-hmm. closing deals on a 50, 50 split with me when I ran my team. But like, you ain't never getting off that the stuff rots your teeth out. It's like, it's all right. You get you, someday you're smiling. You got no teeth, but you close a lot of deals. I'm going down a rabbit hole, but you get, you get what yeah. I'm talking about. The audience, like if your goal, if you're okay with being a team agent, because I had agents on my team for five, six years who loved it. I had agents on my team who made more money being an agent on my team than I did as a team leader, because I had all these other systems and expenses and things that went in it in a down in some down markets that we went through. So it just, and that's what the, goals are. And yeah. And that's totally okay. I just said, just be careful that you still learn how to hunt, even though you're in the nest getting fed. That's where yeah. the breakdown, I'm speaking more to the breakdown where, yeah. uh, well, because, you know, back to that lazy or we get complacent. Like when the leads are coming, we stop working on the other stuff yeah. because we're too busy closing deals. So as a new agent, I've seen it where agents come to a new company. I'm like, you don't know how to work the MLS. Like <laughs> you don't, you never There's, read the contract, the, the, but you closed 20 deals deals last right. year. Like how that like. Yeah. And, and there is so many ways to generate business. I mean, that's, that's what I do. Like, I know this is a broker agnostic show, but that is what I like about, about EXP is, which is our, you know, our company, which is they give you training and technology to generate leads or they'll do it for you, but they give you the tools that you need. So it's, what is, what's the Bible quote? You can teach a man to fish. Or you, you can, you can give a man fish or you can teach him to fish. How's that? Quote right. You know what I'm talking about, Theodis? I, I know the horse to the water one, but I don't know about the fish one. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the cliff notes. Bible scholars, please give me the exact wording. Don't, don't, don't tell my, my, my Bible teacher, but uh, you get, you, there's, a, there's a quote in the Bible where it's about, you can either give a man a fish and feed him for a day or teach a man to fish and he'll feed himself for a lifetime. It could be a man or a woman. It's a gender non-specific thing. Anyway, we got two minutes. What, how, what, where do you want to wrap this up? There, you got two well, more goddess? Well, I was just saying, uh, I'll, I'll rifle, do, rifle through the last three, but the last one I'm going to spend a little bit of time on, you just touched on it, eight is build our foundation before we build the skyscraper. Once again, I was in the trades. Buildings without a foundation, you walk in, there's cracks everywhere. It's just, it's not sustainable. Uh, nine is be patient. Rome was not built in the day. Neither will your real estate business. So 
hang in there, be patient. And then the last one Can is- I jump in one sentence on that one before you give the last mm-hmm. one? Because I had a coach who said this for years. Most agents give up right before they're about to have massive success. That's mm-hmm. the flip side of be patient, guys, or ties right along with it. Please, new agents listening to this, I, you are closer than you think. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. All right, what's the last one, Piatis? Oh, collaboration rather than competing. It's been my, I understand that. I understand this now, but the only person I'm competing against is that dude in the mirror. Collaboration creates a whole different synergy. So basically I'm speaking to an abundance mindset. One of the reasons I'm successful is I remember there was a broker out here that was killing in the REOs and I was always doing BPOs for his listings. And I was like, damn, he's everywhere, right? But then something inside my head said, if he can do it, I can do it too. And that totally was a game changer. So now I'm in a, and it made me put myself in groups where we collaborated, we shared, we worked together rather than competing against each other. Because when we're competing, that shrinks it down and you don't learn as fast and you're not able to leverage your relationships because people don't want to give up the goods. I love that. Before before we wrap up here, Theodis, I was just messaging with Zach. We don't have a clean recording of you saying the first five. Like, will you just rattle off number one, two, three, guys? We'll wrap this up in one minute. When we edit this back together, I want to make sure we turn this into a little clip because these 10 rules are awesome. We just list off the first few again. Oh, yes. Number one is to have a compelling why. Uh, number two was to, uh, yeah, what is it? Two was to create a routine. Uh, number three was be coachable and resourceful. Uh, number four was to focus on who do you need to be rather than more than what do you need to do? And number five was be specific in your goals. Love it. We can do like an ESPN countdown. Number four. And then have yeah. you say number five, number six. Anyway, I just think it goes with their energy. The honest last thought to pull us all together with bottom of the hour. Where do you want to, how do you want to, uh, how do you want to do this? Autumn, we are sharing a screenshot that we want to just do the, share the music, not the whole screen. The honest, any last thought of how you want to sh- put this all together? Man, that's a whole lot. <laughs> reach out to someone, Je- reach out to Jesse, reach out to me. You're not alone. Please don't try to figure this out by yourself. New agents, it's really hard. There's a lot of moving parts right now and you need to, be with a mentor or a group or a coach to help you navigate all the booby traps that's going to, you know, make your life in real, real estate miserable. So. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Love it. All right. I stopped the screen share. So I don't know if we have audio queued up or not, but if we got music, if not singing in your head right now, whatever your favorite song is, the artist, thanks for being here. All right. Awesome. See you guys later. Great show guys. Have a good one. Bye, right. guys. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.